Welcome to Tax Today, a Vertex podcast series. Words of wisdom from industry professionals to help you transform tax. Each week, we hold enlightening discussions with tax, IT, and procurement specialists focused on shaping tax in the procure-to-pay process. Hi, I'm Kristen Schwabenbauer. Through my years as global partner lead for procurement, I've been fortunate to have many informative conversations with experts in tax, IT, and procurement. Conversations focused on shaping tax and procurement. Conversations rich with fresh approaches, diverse experiences, and unique viewpoints. On Tax Today, a Vertex podcast series, we'll aim to capture and share conversations like this, helping you crack the code on indirect tax and procurement and improve your organization's P2P process. On today's episode, we'll be exploring why is indirect tax and procure to pay so critical with Mike Bernard, as well as Peter Bauhoff from Vertex. Mike Bernard is Vertex's chief tax officer of transaction tax, providing insight around tax department operations, indirect tax, tax risk management, emerging tax trends, and tax policy. Peter Bauhoff is Vertex's VAT director in our chief taxation office. In his role, he provides insight and thought leadership regarding the impact of tax regulations, policy, enforcement, and emerging technology trends in global tax. So thank you both for joining us. Mike, if I may, um, let's start off with a question for you. What's been your professional experience with working with procurement? What what are the critical issues to a partnership with procurement and tax? Yeah, Kristen, thank you. Uh, uh, for being here today and, and glad to be on the podcast series with both you and Peter. I guess what I would say is it's one thing you really kind of have to understand, I think, with any partnership is to understand what are the important uh, issues to the um, to the other party that you're, you're actually partnering with. And with procurement, one of the things, there's several of them, but, I, but I'll point out a couple of them. I'd say, first of all, what procurement's trying to do is they're trying to provide services and goods to the company at a cost-effective, uh, in a cost-effective manner. And most importantly, I think for them is that they have strategic partnerships, uh, supply chains that continue to uh, where they receive their goods and their services timely. So that's number one. The, the second thing is, is that they want to provide a level of service that um, customers within the company can actually uh, appreciate and things arrive on time. And then the third thing is, is that they also uh, are normally dealing with a procurement system or that is either homegrown or it's very tailored to an industry. So you have to understand that they have particular expertise in that manner. But one of the things that is on the back end of all of this that they may not be as familiar with is actually the calculation of taxes. And so when they're actually procuring these things, one of the things that's not always in first in line of sight for them is this idea that they have to get the taxes right. Um, obviously, that is something of concern to the tax department. And what we've seen lately uh, in the most recent years is this idea of governance, both at the corporate level and at the finance and functional levels, is that if you're going to uh, actually procure goods, that the, that the ultimate taxes that you pay on those actually has to be correct. And so what you see more and more now is you see both procurement uh, groups and tax departments working together to achieve that. Uh, I know uh, my colleague Peter has some some thoughts around that as well. So Peter, Peter maybe you share some of those things. Yeah, thanks, Mike. And uh, thanks, Kristen. I'm happy to be here as well. And uh, I indeed do have some um, um, encounters with the procurement department as well from a VAT perspective. 
Um, and that mainly has to do with global contracts. Um, in global contracts and a central sourcing um, entity, you run the risk that um, uh, the procurement department takes the easy approach and um, builds a contract based on a, upon a one-on-one -on -one relationship between a local vendor and uh, the local procurement uh, entity. And if you start global contracting, you have to deal with um, the place of supply for VAT. And for example, if you deal with global IT or telecoms contracts that cover often both services and supplies of goods, um, it is very likely that if you take the simple approach that you encounter uh, VAT liabilities for the central, central sourcing entity um, abroad. And I've also encountered similar kind of um, issues when uh, you try to contract legal services centrally. Um, some countries consider legal services to be taxable within that country. And if you have then multiple contractual relationships, you can, you can cover that. But otherwise, you, you can run into VAT liabilities abroad that you do not want. So, uh, yeah, one of the things that I advise is if you, if you start contracting globally, um, establish a closer relationship between your procurement department and your indirect tax department or your global indirect tax manager um, to have these draft contracts reviewed before signing and um, establish a list of countries that are potentially difficult from a tax perspective. That's really, that's great. That's, that's really interesting. I think that, that both of you brought up some very, very key, key points from both the U.S. perspective as well as, as globally. So, Peter, how does, how does this look from a VAT perspective in the EU, EU businesses? I think you touched upon it, but, you know, relative to AP and accounts payable and, and invoicing, are there, there differences between the U.S. priorities and VAT and VAT systems and, and, and all that to get the, the correct tax treatment? Um, and, and is that considered a KPI? Yeah, I would, I would um, um, like Mike to, to relate on the US uh, aspects, but if you look at um, the EU, there is, there is for sure a number of, of, of challenges, I, I would say. And I just touched upon, let's say, the contracting phase of, of procurement, and you're now more in the, in the purchasing or operational phase of procurement. And what you typically see in 90, 95% of the EU businesses is that VAT is not considered to be an issue in, uh, in purchasing because most transactions are um, closed exclusive of VAT. So purchase orders and the like are often not covering VAT. And of course, there are specific scenarios like banks, insurance companies, healthcare, government, for which VAT is a cost, so they should include it in their purchasing process. But in most um, businesses, VAT mainly becomes visible at the invoicing stage. So indeed, where the accounts payable department is also um, uh, coming into play. And often um, the accounts payable process is manual and AP clerks need to assign a tax code or a tax deductibility um, in order to properly account for the VAT on the vendor invoice and be able to include it in the VAT return. And they also have to assess whether the invoice that the company has received from the vendor is indeed a legally valid invoice. 
But unfortunately, AP departments are often on a volume target and quality of correct VAT processing is sometimes not the number one priority. And especially if also the AP function is outsourced and sometimes even to an offshore location, um, there is a risk that the quality drops due to a lack of, let's say, knowledge or retained knowledge of both the VAT rules in a specific jurisdiction, but also the business knowledge. And yeah, this could indeed partly be resolved by including VAT-specific KPIs in the contract with the service provider or the AP department. Oh, wow. That, you know, that makes a lot of sense. That does. Mike, do you have any perspective from, from the U.S. standpoint? Sure. I, th I mean, I think a lot of the issues that Peter pointed out just there are the same in the U.S. Um, I think I think one thing that I would there would be two things I would say is well, one thing that procurement uh, departments want to do is they want to basically have as as much of a frictionless purchase and supply chain as, as they can have. And going back to what I said about the governance model is at the end of the day, and Peter touched upon this with accounts payable, is that at some point a correct invoice has to be issued and paid. And if the invoice isn't correct, then it has to be reworked. And so that's a manual process. And so what we're trying to do in all of this, when we talk about um, having a tax solution for procurement, is to have something that can handle the volumes that Peter was talking about, that can do it frictionless, and that can actually do it correctly. And so that the rework of actually AP, you know, having to rework an invoice or procurement having to rework it or having to call the tax department to help them rework all these invoices, that's really a, you know, a suboptimal solution. And so what you see more and more in companies today is because they have, uh, they believe there are, there are technology tools that, that solve a lot of these things, and they do, is that you have to really kind of put in place the best technology tools available to help you automate these things and actually, you know, produce and move goods along within your own within your own environment uh, as easily as possible and as correctly as possible. And I will say one other thing: Peter is right, is that there is a great deal of outsourcing that goes on sometimes between procurement and AP. And so when we talked about partnerships earlier, Kristen, you also have to be mindful that those are some. Uh, some of those vendors you, you have to work closely work, work with in order to get uh, correct tax determinations. You know what? That makes perfect sense. And that's what I've been seeing over the past you know couple of years is, you know, especially with an evolution. So if you look at it the, from a system standpoint, um, you know, there's been this revolution, if you will, or you have your, your procurement transformations, quote unquote, as everyone's calling them, and they're looking for all these efficiencies and they want to be able to analyze everything and, you know, make sure that you know, they've got best practices in place so that cause they handle the volumes, you know, because you're, you're processing, you know, a company could be processing hundreds of thousands of invoices a year. So, you know, and with that came an evolution of, you know, partnerships and systems and things like that went from your basic ERPs offering, you know, your SAPs and Oracles offering functionality to purchase to your Coupas and your Rebas and your trade shifts and everything else. So I think, um, you know, that's definitely been an evolution. But one thing that really resonates um, that you're both saying is that, you know, those KPIs. So everyone's looking for those KPIs in your purchasing process. But you need to have tax 
participate and partner, you know, right in, in line with those KPIs too. You need to have those tax KPIs in your purchasing process. As if you don't, you're really missing out. You're, you're missing out, you know, from an efficiency standpoint, your, your, fo- your, your employees could be doing other work. Um, there's just so many inefficiencies, inefficiency that, that could be happening and errors because there's a lot of risk to this too, if, if you don't get it right and don't get it right the first time. So I, I'm, I'm enjoying seeing now and a part of this this podcast series is really meant to help to elevate that for folks to say hey how do how do we put this in place and if you're going to do a procurement procurement transformation then tax needs to be a part of that and and tax needs to own tax so that's that's exciting it it, it makes a lot of sense to me what you're both saying yeah you're right about um uh, kpis and 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 working together with the tax department and um if you take let's say a simple approach you could say well okay we just impose uh vat or or tax um, kpis to your uh, ap department and you just test well okay how many invoices have you processed and how many of those invoices are indeed correct from a vat point of view so if you need to assign a tax code how many times did you do that correct and how many times did you do that incorrect that sounds like a, a relatively simple solution, but um, it's it's actually it's not that easy because the accounts payable department is almost at the end of the overall procurement process, and um, in this whole process, as with most tax uh, processes and also with tax automation, it's really that data is key, and that's both master data and transactional data and. A lot of this data is actually not um, created by the AP department. So if in the contracting or, or, or a buying phase, incorrect or incomplete data is entered into a system, you cannot expect that AP is able to process an invoice um, flawlessly. And, it, and it's the same actually with automation because for automation also, data is crucial and many non-compliant transactions are caused by incorrect data so it's important that you include that in your in your assessment but if you have a good process for um, um, managing your transactional and master data i believe it's actually possible to squeeze out a lot of the manual errors by automating your vat determination and if you properly configure this, you can already during the PO creation, um, create transactions. And if they are non-compliant, um, it's very easy to either block them or have them flagged because of tax issues. And also in the AP process, actually in the invoice processing, you can to a great extent automate um, the assignment of tax codes. And that leaves more time for AP clerks to deal with the more complex scenarios and the more complex invoices. Yeah, I agree. That makes a lot of sense. Michael, you and I have had some pretty extensive conversations regarding that. I'd like to get your, your thoughts on that as well. Sure. Um, I mean, I think sometimes when we when we think about procurement and tax, and particularly at the tax department, is there's the question that really kind of comes about is like, where do you start? And uh, because because the procurement group really does buy a wide range of uh, supplies and services. And so 
So I, I would say one place where you might want to start thinking about is think about the use tax uh, liabilities that you've had over the years where things have just not been correctly rated for tax purposes and uh, really start focusing on the goods that are, say, high volume and maybe and significant dollars within the procurement group. And it goes back to a little bit about what Peter said is a lot of times if your purchases are described properly and you have an automated solution, a, a tax engine around that, then you can actually um, actually have those things mapped properly and they can actually get a proper solution. And so, so then you don't have to post up reserves for financial statement purposes. Uh, there's not a lot of reworking of invoices. There's just a lot of great benefits that comes that comes from all of that. And so I guess my, my point here is that while the journey may seem rather uh, significant and large, I think as long as you can kind of break it down into pieces as to where improvements can be made, uh, and it can be made anywhere in the rating, it can be made anywhere in, in terms of how things are described in the data, it should be always tailored towards the priorities of high dollar, high high volume transactions. And if you can kind of start piecing those things together, I know in the podcast series, we're going to talk about a lot of other things, but that's always just a great place to start. That's fabulous. That makes that makes a lot of sense. I think, um, you know, as I heard a client say a couple months ago, tax touches everything. So, and that's especially true in the procurement process and all companies across the, the globe are purchasing globally and they, um, you know, have these complexities that they all have some type of indirect tax that they need to um, adhere for um, and, and remit and, and everything else, no matter what the process is. Um, you know, they might not have to deal with, as we put it in the U.S., the sales tax. Um, but, you know, you always have your consumer use tax and, and, and um, on the supplier side. So it's all really important. Well, that'll do it for today's show. I'd like to thank my guests, Mike and Peter, for joining me. And thanks to our listeners. Make sure to tune in for our next episode when we'll discuss differences in tax and procurement, U.S. versus global. Subscribe to Tax Today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review. To learn more about optimizing tax and procurement, visit vertexinc.com. That's V-E-R-T-E-X-I-N-C.com. And connect with us on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Facebook.